Welcome to Stories from Nowhere. I'm your host, Randall Bond. Today's story is entitled Boxcar Follies. Today's story is one of my son Jackson's favorites, and I hope you enjoy it. When we were kids, my parents would do things to us that would probably get them arrested today. During the summer months, especially, and on weekends, after we woke up and had breakfast, my mom would lock us outside and just tell us to go play. Now, after kindergarten, we moved out to the country. We lived in the middle of nowhere, halfway up a hill, and the only rule that we had was we had to be within earshot of this big black bell that my mom would ring, and if we heard that bell ring, we had to be home within three minutes. That was the rule. Not, don't go down to the river and play on the sandbars. Don't go over by the neighbor's house and play on his fence because he might shoot you because he's crazy, which is a true story. My brother and I had gone into our little back meadow. We're over playing near his property, and he called my mom and said, if you don't get your boys off my fence, I'm going to shoot him." I don't know if he would have or not, but it sure terrified my mom. Don't go swim in the pond that has leeches in it and is full of rusty nails and rusty metal and you might cut yourself and get a staph infection or tetanus. The only rule was don't go so far that you can't hear the black bell and make it back within three minutes. And we would test the boundaries of that. How far away could we get and still hear the bell? And how far away could we get and still make it back within three minutes? If we got thirsty, we'd get a drink out of the garden hose. If we got hot, we'd lay in the shade or cool ourselves off by splashing water on us. If we got hungry, my mom would leave snacks and sandwiches in the garage for us to eat. But we weren't allowed back in the house until we heard the bell ring. So we'd ride our big wheels down the hill or our bikes up and down the hill or we'd build forts or we'd build tree houses. But the thing we enjoyed the most, I think, was going up to our neighbors on top of our hill and playing in and around their big barn. They had a a big open meadow, had a lot of rocks in it, but this big open meadow, and we'd often go up there and play two-hand touch football. Boys will do. Two-hand touch often devolved into tackle when adults weren't around. I remember one time, uh, Timmy, who was about five or six years younger than me and and not built very big, Timmy had the ball and was running with the ball, and I went to two-hand touch tackle him, and I knocked Timmy to the ground, and he hit his head on a rock and knocked himself completely out. Now, at the time, us boys, you know, 8 to 12 years old, we thought Timmy was dead. And so we did what most, you know, young boys would do is uh, we stood over him and took turns slapping his face, yelling at him and dumping water on his head. Uh, until he finally came to and he did he came to and he started laughing and we all thought he was like the toughest kid ever he was like six years old when this happened and popped up and wanted to play football some more and so we did we probably played football for another hour I started coaching football about 20 years ago and thought back on this story and realized Uh, Timmy had like a severe concussion is what happened that's why he was laughing and Timmy probably should have gone to see the doctor We'd set up what uh, we would affectionately call a redneck slip and slide. And we'd take a a big, long piece of plastic or a couple of of tarps, and uh, we'd run a hose from a spigot up to this tarp uh, on this little meadow and put it on a a little small hillside, and we'd run water on these tarps and spray a little Dawn dishwashing liquid on it, and you'd get a little run, and you'd jump on these tarps, and, man, you'd just take off like lightning and slide down on uh, on this little homemade slip and slide. 
And I remember there was one time I was like, you know what we should do? We should take these over by that tree and set this up so that we can go over the tree roots and it'll be like, you know, we're hitting a jump and we'll see if we can get some air, you know, sliding down these things. And I, I tell you what, nothing will wipe the smile off of your face quicker than leaving part of your manhood on a homemade redneck slip and slide on a slope up at your neighbor's house. But I think the favorite thing that we liked to do up at our neighbors was to play kickball inside of their massive barn. Now, they had a very unique barn. Their barn was made out of old boxcars, and the boxcars were stacked on top of each other. And on the north side, the boxcars, there were seven or eight of them in a row, uh, about the length of a football field. On the west edge, there were three or four of them in a row going kind of uh, north-south. And then on the opposite and on the west end of the barn, there were two or three boxcars. So kind of made this like backwards C formation. And on the inside of it, they had taken old telephone poles and put them in the ground and then put this roofing girder system up and then put a steel roof over all of this. So the inside of this barn was like playing kickball inside of a, a stadium, uh, you know, an indoor stadium. It was just massive. And we loved playing kickball inside of this area. And we would do it two or three times a week. We'd go up there. You know, if you played kickball, you know, it's like, you know, slow and bouncy or uh, fast and smooth or however you wanted it. But we loved playing kickball up in that barn and there were some hard and fast rules that our parents had set and the rules were you were not to play in or on those boxcars they didn't know how old they were they didn't know how stable they were and they didn't want any of us getting hurt and it seemed like a pretty reasonable rule and for the most part we adhered to those rules we didn't climb on them or play in them too much as young boys but there was one time we were playing kickball i don't know who kicked the ball and somebody really got a hold of one and launched it up into like the second tier of these boxcars and it went right into one of the open doors of these boxcars. Now, the particular area where they happened to do this, these boxcars, instead of being stacked on top of another railroad car, they had cement walls on either end of the, the boxcar and the wheels had been removed and this ball went literally right into this door and all of us boys are pretty dejected. We didn't want to quit playing kickball, but we knew the rule. You were not to play in or on these cars. So being the oldest one of the group, I said, you know what, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to climb up there into that car and uh, I'm going to carefully make my way across the floor and I'm going to throw that ball out and I'm going to carefully make my way back and we'll just keep playing kickball and nobody will know. Nobody will be any wiser. Uh, it'll be fine everything, when everything will go on just like normal. And so we all agreed. That was a great plan. We should do that. And I did. I climbed up into the boxcar I saw where the ball was in the back corner and I made way my way over to the to the ball and as I'm making there the floor's kind of creaking and groaning but it held and I get to the ball and I make it back about halfway across this railroad car and the floor starts to give way and so I threw the ball out of the boxcar to make sure that we saved the ball and as I'm throwing the ball out I fell through the boxcar but not all the way I think I've explained in the past that uh, I had a little bit of a, a pudgier body type uh, when I was a child. And as I was falling through, my legs made it through just fine. And when it got to my waist, the sharp edges of the boards had kind of dug into my little fat rolls, you know, my little love handles, and had grabbed a hold of those and had pulled my fat all the way up to my chest. And so I hung there with my arms outstretched, 
my fat roll up to my chest and my feet dangling through this boxcar. And we didn't know what to do. The boys were freaking out and talking about how I was bleeding. And we got this idea, we're going to try to push me up and out of the boxcar. So the boys got below me, two, two boys on each foot. And they're pushing with all their might, trying to push me up out of this boxcar. And I made it a couple inches up. But unfortunately, as I went up, the boards were still had a hold of my, my, my fat roll and wouldn't allow me to come up out of the boxcar. I don't know if we'd had enough strength to get me out of the boxcar anyway. So after hanging there for a good 10, 15 minutes, trying to figure out what the heck we're going to do, I finally said, boys, this is what we're going to do. I said, uh, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, you guys are going to jump onto my legs and pull as hard as you can. And we're just going to pull me through the boxcar. And I remember Lynn, my neighbor friend, said, if we do that, it's going to cut you to ribbons. And I'm like, look, the other option is to go tell our parents and have one of them come up here to help us out, and then we'll never get to play in the barn again. Is that what you want to do? Or can we just pull me through the boxcar, and then we can go back to playing kickball? So I did. I counted. One, two, and on three, they all jumped up, grabbed a hold of a leg, and pulled as hard as they could, and they pulled me through that boxcar. And we celebrated for about four seconds, until Lynn looked at me and said, oh, oh, Randy, you're, you are cut to ribbons. And I looked down and I had deep scratches and gouges that went from my waist all the way up to my armpits, all the way around my body, front, back, everywhere. And so we tried to come up with a story. What can we tell our parents that makes logical sense for how I got these cuts on my body. And we couldn't come up with anything. We did determine that I probably need to go home and have my mom check out my wounds and see if I needed to go get some stitches or go see a doctor. So we're walking back to the house about a quarter mile, walking down to the house. Bob and Rich are trailing me and Bob's like, how much trouble do you think we're going to get in? You know, what do you think is going to happen? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. As we turn to walk up to the house, Mom was out on the front porch, and she was sweeping something. I don't know what she was sweeping, but she was sweeping something. I remember she saw us. She throws her broom down, and when we got within earshot, she was like, what did you do now? Not, are you okay? Are you seriously hurt? Do we need to go see a doctor? Just, what did you do now? So we got up on the porch, and we explained the story. Played in the boxcars. We know we're not supposed to. I fell through, and the only option we could come up with was to pull me through. So mom took me into the bathroom and she doctored me up as best she could. And she told me that I just had too many scratches and she wasn't going to bandage up my whole upper body. And I remember that night sitting, I had to keep my arms out. I couldn't put them to my sides because I hurt too much. So I remember I had to keep my arms out. Lying down hurt too much because it would hurt my back and my stomach. So I sat up all night, all night with my arms sticking out to the sides. You know, and the moral of the story is, well, there is no moral to the story. There, you know, don't go climbing around in boxcars when your parents tell you not to, because something like this is probably going to happen. Thank you for joining us again on Stories from Nowhere. 
I'm your host, Randall Bond. I hope you'll be with us again next week. Today's stories were brought to you by Caitlin's Creations, Bond and Son Lawnmower, Bond Bonds, and Santa Fe Railroad Boxcars.